Happy Wednesday. The stars are shining a little bit brighter in South Lake Tahoe this week as the 34th annual American Century Championship kicks off at Edgewood Tahoe. I mean, with 723 inches of snow this season, we are still skiing and riding here at Palisades Tahoe. And we'll head over to the other side of the lake for exploring our backyard to take a look at the Freedom Fest. One final run of the season to cap off a historic winter. I got three days to spend with them before I had to go back to, to Arizona. Plus, Aces slugger Tristan English chats with us about balancing baseball and fatherhood full time for the last couple of seasons. And former Nevada head baseball coach TJ Bruce joins the show to chat about TCU's run in the College World Series. NSN Daily starts right now. It's American Century Championship Week here at NSN, one of the best weeks of the year as the celebrities making their way up to the beautiful shores of South Lake Tahoe. It should be a gorgeous week up there for another fun event this year. Welcome into NSN Daily. He's Alex Margulies. I'm Shannon Kelly. Thanks for joining us here today on this Wednesday. Man, it just looks picturesque oh, it's up there, perfect. Alex. I can't it's, wait. It's going to be hot. It's going to be sunny, uh, and there is always a lot of great, uh, fun uh, situations, interviews. I mean, this is definitely the week we always circle uh, at the beginning of the year, and I uh, can't wait to, to kick off all of our coverage. And without further ado, we'll send it out to Mike Stephenson. He joins us from the shores of Lake Tahoe with our recap from day one. Was like 204, 201. Okay. So. I don't know if they backed out the, the timing wise, if you'd already backed out the open and. All no, that? I'm not sure. I think so, because I was timing it here too. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, looking forward to getting up there for the rest of the week, Shannon. Uh, but switching gears, do have a lot of other sports stories to talk about today, especially in the baseball world. And first, uh, you got a, a feature on a Reno Aces star for us. Yeah, Tristan English, he was called up to the Aces back in May, and he's been pretty remarkable for the team since one of a few guys on Reno's roster who's a father hmm. on the team. His fiance and his daughter live here in Reno right now. I had the chance just to chat with him to Balancing double duty, here's what he had to say. Tristan English's daily routine is different than most of his Aces teammates. I want to go golf every Monday on the off day with the boys, but any time that I'm away from the field, I definitely am spending time with my daughter. The Georgia native met his fiance Rachel while in college. In 2019, English was drafted in the third round by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Three years later, the couple welcomed Lily. She was born in spring training of last year. I flew home on the 20th, and then she was induced that night, and we had Lily the, the next day, and I got three days to spend with them before I had to go back to, to Arizona, and then didn't see them for three months. Rachel and their infant making the trek from Georgia to Oregon to Texas, 
and now the biggest little city. Traveling more than 5,000 miles during the last two seasons of minor league ball as a family of three. Hi, we're only getting five, six hours of sleep, and then my fiance Rachel is waking up at five to six a.m. to to work remotely in the house, and it is uh, definitely a struggle some days. But then, like she's laughing, running around the house, it makes it so much easier. As one of a few dads on Reno's roster, the 26-year-old says he's thankful for his fiance's support as he balances both baseball and fatherhood full-time. Making sure that uh, my fiance knows that I'm there for her, helping her any way I can because she does way more than I do. Without Rachel doing what she does, I miss 50% of the time of Lily growing up, so I appreciate her a lot. While English didn't picture being a father so young into his baseball career, now he wouldn't have it any other way. Everybody on the team calls me dad, so it's like one of the, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's just a big part of who I am now. Good day, bad day, 0 for 4, 4 strikeouts, or 4 for 4 with 4 home runs. She doesn't care how the day went. When I come home, she's like, dada, and I'm like, okay, well, that makes the day a lot easier to deal with. He can turn and watch it go. Tristan English ties the game at one. English has handled his double duty well, earning Pacific Coast League Player of the Week honors just a handful of games into his AAA tenure. Now on the doorstep of the major leagues, he says baseball isn't everything. Dad first, baseball player second. So it's kind of taken, I feel like, a little bit of pressure off because I feel like as long as I'm being a good partner to Rachel and a good dad to Lily, then that's pretty much everything I need to do in baseball is just a game. At Greater Nevada Field, Shannon Kelly, Nevada Sportsnet. All right, good stuff there, Shannon. Uh, and there are some Nevada guys that are hoping to get into that position, mm -hmm. getting into uh, minor league baseball. And, uh, of course, Kate Morris was drafted uh, earlier this week. Uh, but in the final day of the MLB draft, another Nevada pitcher uh, had his name called. Peyton Stumbo drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 20th round. He was the 587th overall pick uh, over his Nevada career. 132 innings of work, struck out 113 batters. So excited uh, to see Stumbo uh, get this opportunity. We'll see. He does have the opportunity mm -hmm. to come back if he does want to. Uh, does have some more eligibility uh, to go. So we'll see what he decides uh, in that decision. But he's not the only uh, Wolfpack tied player. A former uh, Nevada star uh, selector has uh, joined a team as well. Yeah, Landon Wallace, he signed a free agent deal with the Los Angeles Angels. He spent two seasons at Nevada. He transferred to West Virginia after TJ Bruce left last year. And this past season with the Mountaineers, pretty remarkable. Batted 312 with 62 hits, including 11 doubles, 49 RBIs, drove in 46 runs, and stole 17 bases. And he was pretty good at uh, Nevada his sophomore year in those 44 games he played in. So uh, certainly could see him uh, doing some good things too here at the next level. All right, looking forward to following all of their journeys. Uh, coming up next on today's show, I know it sounds kind of crazy with all this heat, but skiing in July <laughs> up in Lake Tahoe will show you my recent experience at Palisades for exploring our backyard. That's coming up. This segment is sponsored by LT Automotive. Before you hit the road to the outdoors this summer with your family, you can get all of your RV and car needs taken care of at LT Automotive. Come on in and see us. We'll take pride in your ride.
are here at Freedom Fest. I mean, with 723 inches of snow this season, we are still skiing and riding here at Palisades Tahoe. And there's a lot of coverage up here. I am shocked at how much snow there is after this winter. Woo! Yeah! Freedom Fest! Thing that beats spring skiing and summer skiing. Yeah, buddy. Yay. The conditions are fantastic. And uh, we get out here at 8 in the morning, rock and roll. We're about to go bike and play on the lake at 10. Uh, there's music, it's just fantastic. amazing out here to see all this green and our nice little ribbon of white to get us back to the lift, baby. I can't believe we're still doing this in July, man. This is freaking awesome. Once in a lifetime. <laughs> Once in a lifetime experience. A lot of chest hair. Yeah, that's true. A lot true. of pale skin. Pale skin. Pale Lots skin. of sunscreen, though. We're, we're summer responsible. Yeah. We get the size. SPF 50 yeah. all the way. <laughs> Man, what an epic morning here at Palisades. Third time in the last decade we've been able to do this, this Freedom Fest skiing in July. Not sure it gets much better than this. Uh, definitely do not take this for granted. I think it might be finally time to put the skis away until next winter, but you never know. Maybe I'll get a little hair at my nose. I want to get down to Mammoth. Until then, I think it's time to hit Tahoe. Get a little beach time in, because why not? We can. See you guys. This segment sponsored by Michael Hole RV Center. I'm loving the shorts. Yeah, I was know, loving the shorts. Had to, had to go full USA vibes. Yeah. You know, got the button down going. Uh, and so we were out there July 1st. That was the first day of Freedom mm -hmm. Fest. The snow was actually really good. Yeah, it looked pretty good. Uh, it opened at 8, so that period from 8 to 10 was phenomenal. I can uh, I did see by July 4th, a lot of that snow had melted. Mm -hmm. It got really hot. Um, and there were a lot of people that actually had to like, walk, I think, to get mm. back to the lift. So that was a little crazier but I was definitely uh it was a lot of fun to be out there I was it was better than I expected for sure and this isn't the first time that you did this either yeah. you did it a couple other times but that was over at Palisades because right. this is the first time that Alpine has held the Freedom Fest in more than 10 years yes since 2011 so you're right uh, of course it used to be called uh, Squaw Valley so that kind of Squaw side of Palisades that main Palisades sides where I'd done it the previous two times but Alpine uh, definitely brought a different elements and uh, it was definitely lots of fun so maybe next year we'll see how the snow we'll see uh, is this upcoming winter as i mentioned mammoth they say open through the end of july at least they're, they're trying to so we'll see we'll, we'll see what we can do i'd be curious what the conditions are like july 31st down there it's right getting, it's getting warm it's getting warm all right so coming up next uh we're going to send it down to the legends bay lounge powered by circus sports we're going to chat with our guys down in vegas some interesting odds including super bowl exactives maybe some good mm -hmm. places to park your money here in the this segment sponsored by Circa Sports. All right, we're back in our Legends Bay Lounge powered by Circa Sports. Shannon Kelly, Alex Margulies, you get to see. Sometimes we do wear shorts 
uh, behind the desk. Yes. Heading up to the ACC right after this. Going to head up to the Celebrity Golf Tournament. Looking forward to that. I know you're looking forward to the week up there as well. Uh, but right now, we're going down to sunny Las Vegas. And Aaron Oster, he is the marketing manager of the Circa Resort and Circa Sports. He's filling in this week for Derek and Mike here on our weekly segments. Uh, first off, Aaron, we were just teasing uh, the Celebrity Golf Tournament up here in Tahoe. Uh, I know you're chomping to, to get up here. Maybe next summer we'll get you uh, to check out the course. Who would you like to see uh, as a celebrity or athlete uh, to play in this tournament? Oh, celebrity athletes. That's an interesting one. You can go two directions with this. You can get a guy with really good personality, or you can just get a guy that you really want to see swing a golf club. I'd be fascinated to see Victor Wembanyama swing a golf club with that body type, with just the way he moves around, seeing him swing a golf club. I think it would be fascinating. I think that would be great to see. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, nice. I would love that. Love to see them out Why there. Not? Love to see the tall guys. Let's right? go. There's Let's a lot go. of baseball players uh, that are out there. You know, they're also oh, pretty yeah. tall. A lot, a lot of lot former of, pitchers. A lot of winner. You know, Mark Mulder yep. has won this thing a ton as a, as a baseball player. And they're always yeah. kind of in the mix, right? Yeah, they sure are. They usually are for the most part. But speaking of. It's a perfect of, segue. Yeah. Speaking of baseball, Aaron, the all-star break here just wrapped up. Uh, just tell us now who's what's the best uh, World Series matchup odds now heading into the second half of the season here. Who's your pick? You know, I think this is actually really interesting. This year's fascinating to me. I think in the National League, the Dodgers are the favorites for a reason. It's them. It's everybody else. And quite frankly, I'm not going to go uh, crazy with the NL. And the Dodgers, I think, are going to make it. The American League's a different story, though. The Rays are the favorite right now, and really depends on how big the injury is to Shane McClanahan. They're the favorites for a reason, but I could absolutely see them faltering. So it's the Rays, and there's a big chunk following after them. And it's out of that big chunk that I'm really looking at. And one team in particular to me is the Texas Rangers. I know the Rangers, they've mm. kind of had a skid uh, over the past few weeks, but I still think they're fascinating. Uh, Josh Young's probably the most exciting rookie not named Ellie De La Cruz in all of baseball. He's been great. The rest of the lineup has been great. And the pitching, which was a big question mark going into the season for the Rangers, has really actually come on. Nathan Eovaldi's pitching like an ace. Dane Dunning has looked really good since the injury to Jacob DeGrom since he's really entered the rotation full time. And I think that they're in a position with their farm system and where they are right now with a two-game lead over the Astros in the AL West where they're actually going to make a splash at the trade deadline. They're going to get bullpen help, which is their real big flaw right now. I think they could even trade for another great starting pitcher, which would really round out their rotation. So the Rangers, to me, are interesting. They're 11-1 to right now to win the World Series. Mm. So I think Rangers, Dodgers in the World Series, and I don't mind taking a flyer on the Rangers to win the whole thing. Some good value there, not, not to forget. Uh, their skipper, Bruce Bochy, of course, uh, the former manager of the San Francisco Giants, won three World Series titles uh, in the city by the bay. And, and of course, he kind of knows how to push the buttons uh, mm -hmm. at the right time. We'll see what he can do with the Rangers. Uh, this was an interesting story, uh, Aaron. Uh, not a lot of talk about college football right now, but you're looking at Northwestern, and you know they're not necessarily a big powerhouse by any means in college football, but their uh, coach, Pat Fitzgerald, fired this week. This is not a time uh, you want to be losing your head coach. Uh, what are we looking at for an over-under win total now uh, for Northwestern. This has to be kind of a, a weird one to be taking at the book right now. Yeah, it's definitely a weird one. And it's never good when you're talking about a college football team at the beginning of July. It usually only means bad things are happening. And in the case with Northwestern, that's definitely what's happening with Pat Fitzgerald getting fired after that hazing scandal. And, you know, Northwestern was an interesting team coming in anyways. They had their worst uh, season in almost 25 years. Last year, they were 1-11. Their offense was one of the worst in the entire country. 
And um, they we set here at Circus Sports set their win total at three and a half with all of mm. this mm. news about Pat Fitzgerald with the interim coach. We dropped it from three and a half to three, which actually feels kind of right to me. They did bring in a, a new quarterback, the uh, Ben Bryant from Cincinnati. That might help their offense, but that offense still a lot of question marks there. And when you look at their schedule, they do have two very winnable games in uh, UTEP and Howard. Both should be win, though it's worth noting that they lost to Southern Illinois last year. So who knows exactly how good this team is. But where's that third win coming from? Their most winnable games are actually on the road, right off the bat at Rutgers. And then at Duke are probably their two most winnable games. But road games, is this team really going to win a road game? And when you look at the rest of their schedule, it's really hard to find one. Maybe Minnesota at home, maybe at Nebraska. They'll be underdogs in pretty much every game outside of those first two. So their win total, you know, sounds right at three. And if I was leaning one direction, I'd probably be leaning the under. Yeah, I'd probably go with the under on that one, too. After winning just one game last yeah. year, now to incorporate a new coach Tough to this think you're going to put money. You're going right. to put more money on top of that. Yeah, I would have to go with the under probably on that one. But uh, speaking of football, the NFL not too far away. Super Bowl 58 happening in Las Vegas next year over at Allegiant Stadium. I know there was some new uh, bets that came out as well. Super Bowl exacta uh, bets. Tell us just about those and uh, what you have in mind. Yeah, there's a big, a couple big sheets here, net new from uh, Circus Sports, with every single Super Bowl possibility right now, and and the favorite right now, pretty much to no surprise, is the Chiefs over the 49ers. That's at plus 3,000, 30 to one right now. I don't really have to go into why that is. The defending champion Chiefs and the 49ers, who are the favorites to come out of the NFC, which might be a surprise to some people who expect the uh, Eagles to be the favorite there. But one uh, one name that's really gone underrated. Uh, just underreported when it comes to moves in the NFL this offseason is Javon Hargrave going from the Eagles to the 49ers mm -hmm. in free agency. Uh, obviously, that was one of the real cornerstones of that Eagles defense, and they did replace him with Jalen Carter. But as good as Jalen Carter, I think, is going to be, it, it's hard to think that he would get the same impact that Hargrave gave the Eagles last year in his rookie year. So for this season alone, I think that move from Hargrave to the 49ers might put the 49ers over the top. So I really like the 49ers this year, and I'm looking at the 49ers to beat the Bengals mm. in the Super mm. Bowl, get the uh, two conference championship losers in the Super Bowl. That's at 42 to 1 plus 4,200 here at Circus Sports. All right, wow. and that is a fun way to kind of pick. If you want like to get some juice, you got, you got to pick both teams. Exactly. And if you get it right, again, 30, even with the two of the favorites, 30 to 1, that's, that's, a, that's, good. that's got some good juice to it. Yeah, that does. And to think it's only, what, July? Right. And you guys already maybe, have that maybe out. Maybe it's a good time to do it. Maybe. Uh, speaking of uh, the Circuit Resort down there where you're at, Aaron, Shannon's going to be down there next week for the Mountain West Conference Media Day. So, Shannon, uh, you know, maybe it's a good time. Get a little juice on some of these games. I might have to. Might have to go check out the boards down there. There's <laughs> a lot. There's a lot to a lot, bet on. A lot of stuff to bet. Uh, Aaron, great to see you, man. Thanks so much for uh, filling in this week, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon, man. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to seeing you all, all of you, whether it's at Mountain West Media Day, whether it's for one of our contest weekends, whether it's Legends Bay and Sparks, or here at the Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Look forward to seeing all of you. My man. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, and as he mentioned, they're actually going to be coming up here uh, August 4th and 5th. There's going to be a big uh, weekend. So we'll have some great details uh, to fill you in about uh, here in the coming weeks. Uh, but uh, certainly mark your calendars mm -hmm. for that weekend up here in northern Nevada. Coming up next on today's show, uh, Shannon Kelly is going to chat with TJ Bruce, the former skipper of the Wolfpack. He is now the uh, assistant head coach at TCU, and they made a deep run uh, in the College World Series. We'll catch up with TJ coming up.
we join now with former Nevada head baseball coach, now associate head coach over at TCU, TJ Bruce. TJ, great to chat with you. What a run. First year at TCU, making it to the College World Series, one of four teams left standing. What a, a first year it was for you in Fort Worth. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, always great to be back actually in northern Nevada um, and then back with you guys. So that's that's awesome. But yeah, it was you couldn't have really asked much more for a, for a first year with a program besides winning the whole thing. But to be one of the final four teams um, playing and then I think in the manner that we did it uh, makes it more special. You know, it wasn't a um, it wasn't a it wasn't you know, all, all roses and, and rainbows, you know, the whole year, it was, it was down to, we were 23 and 20 um, with 13 games left. And then um, I just, I just thought the way our players handled themselves really through the whole thing, um, how our staff and our head coach um, <clears throat> led our team. I thought it was, it was just easy to follow suit and just kind of keep plugging away. But um, everybody wants to end up in Omaha. Um so it's always it's always interesting when people th throw around the the fun, the fun um, term. You know, it's fun to win and it's fun to be in Omaha. So it was awesome. Yeah, you guys went on uh, a run there at the end of the season, twenty-one to four run to close out the year. Just you know, you mentioned that start there. What do you think the turning point really was with this group to you know have them believe, hey, we are capable of going to Omaha, making this run uh, in the World Series. Yeah, I thought they I thought they always knew they were capable. I think it was <clears throat> I think it was just about putting the pieces together to be honest. I, I thought we were super talented in a lot of areas. Um but you gotta remember too, and a lot of people don't don't know, but bringing a new coach into the fold, it it it, it takes a while. You know, this this position player group was was really old in a lot of areas and then really young in some areas. Um so I think there was I think to be honest with with our group at least the position player group there was a little bit of you know feeling each other out how are things going to go it, it was brand new for everybody and then and then after a while you know they 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 just kept believing in themselves really i don't think they stopped believing in themselves um i think they just got tired of losing and i think that was really part of it um and then the other factor um obviously is our head coach you know I thought Kirk um did an outstanding job you know when you when you go through the coaching ranks on where he comes from and with Cal State Fullerton and George Horton um I never played for George Horton um but I know we all know he's a college baseball hall of famer that was as close to a George Horton that I that that I I ever saw um just the way he managed the staff managed the team uh, the positivity, um, he just kept going and it kept going and going, which, you know, bled down to us, which bled down to the players. And then at the end, the players just took over and we had a chance to sit back and watch. Now that it has been about a year or so about since you did leave Nevada, what do you think was the most challenging part then to learning this older position group? Obviously you had a lot of older guys on your final season <clears throat> here at Nevada, but, you know, <clears throat> learning to work with that, what were, maybe some of the challenges that just came along with that group. Yeah, I think, you know, I think when you, when you get, when you go to a new place and I think it's all about how you try to insert yourself. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of communication that took place. Um, there was a lot of getting to know people, a lot of different factors that after seven years at Nevada, 
not that you got away from, but, but, you know, everybody knew the program, everybody knew the expectations. Um, there wasn't that piece of it. And I think that's a lot of, um, that's one of the reasons why I did decide to make a move also is I had to grow in a lot of areas and um, to be successful and then also be something other than a coach for these, these players and the program. And that was something that was important to me. So getting the chance to go to TCU and working through a lot of those things, <clears throat> like I said, building relationships, um, communicating, making sure that, your area is taken care of so the head coach can focus on um, the whole program and then how can you best serve the head coach and I think that was I don't I ever I, I think it's always challenging for sure I think anytime you go to a new place it's challenging so th those were just a little bit of it um, I'm so fortunate that I've known Kirk since I was 12 years old um, so we've had you know we had a lot of honest conversations um and our staff, I mean, our staff there is amazing. They, they've they been there. They've all been together, some of them for 11, 12, 13 years. You know, so here comes the new guy tipping the apple cart over every once in a while. Um, so it just it just took a little bit. But uh, I'm super fortunate um, to be with them and be with the program. Just how do you feel like now at this point, maybe in your career since you were at Nevada for seven seasons as the head coach, helped you really prepare now to take this next step in your career versus maybe if you were only in Nevada for two mm -hmm. or three seasons, you know, being able to build a program and a foundation with the Wolfpack. Well, there's one thing I know the head coach seat is super lonely. It's a, uh, it's a lonely, lonely chair. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing um, that I can bring to, to TCU is that, I've sat in that chair and I know what that chair looks like. And I know what the views from that chair look like when you lose, everybody's looking at you. And when you win, you know, everybody's praising everybody else a lot of times. And so I, I know, I know what that looks like and I know what it feels like too. I know, you know, when we got swept at West Virginia, you know, we were playing for first place and we go on the road to West Virginia and we get swept. Um, I've been in that, I've been there, um, not only as an assistant, but I've w walked the shoes as a head coach. So it's, it's a lot of times using your experience. I think that's what a lot of this thing is. And I think that's what we forget, um, as players and coaches or people in any industry is we forget to use our experience and rely back on that. Um, so I was able to hopefully, I, th I think help in just different ways and, and just bring different perspectives. Um, so I think that was the, that was obviously something that I'm super fortunate that I went through at Nevada. And I think the other part is, you know, in, at Nevada, you, you have to do a lot in terms of, you know, you, you don't have to turn the coffee on, so to speak, but you kind of have to turn the coffee on every morning and you kind of have to, you know, you have to clean up, um, the clubhouse most of the time and you have to do a lot of different facets. Um, so I, I'm hoping that I was able to bring some of those experiences um, with with me to Fort Worth. And then the other part is just following the leadership of our head coach, who is extremely talented in a lot, in a lot of different areas and extremely impactful person um, off the field and on the field. Um, so if you, it's a nice blend once it gets, as we saw, once it kind of gets clicking. Speaking of Nevada, Kate Morris selected in the third round, 101st overall mm -hmm. by the New York Mets. 
I remember, you know, he told me when I was talking to him that you switched him to a pitcher full time <laughs> when he came to Nevada. What was it that you saw in him so early on in his career that you knew he could be successful if he really worked at being a good pitcher? Sure. You know, first and foremost, um, the credit for getting him is, goes to Jake Silverman, um, who's obviously the lead recruiter at Washington. And, and I thought Jake, Jake put a lot of those teams together the last few years. Um, so when Jake brought in Cade, um, you know, it, it's pretty obvious to see the talent. You know, he's a, obviously a high school football player, um, extremely athletic, um, has a work ethic, has a drive to be really good. I think, I think with Cade, it was more keeping the train on the train tracks for the most part um, and, and making sure – that everything's going the right way. And I thought that I thought that was the biggest thing, which I think for most kids it is. It's it's never really about the talent. Now you can you you insert this or that, but um I think that's the biggest thing. And I thought Kay did a really good job doing that. Um, you know, from from day one, his future was going to be on the mound. It, it I I don't, you know, not that you you don't you don't want to downgrade the bat, but I thought from day one, um it's like a lot like Owen Sharks. You know, they come in as two-way guys. And then at the end of the day, you, get, you just got to have the conversation and just tell them, hey, this is where I think your money's at. And hopefully, you know, we made the right decision as coaches. Um, and obviously, Cade's made a lot of right decisions in moving forward in his work and his drive. And, um, you know, the message now for me, from me, if, if I talk to him, would be now the work just began, to be honest. Um, you got drafted now how are you going to stay there um, and how are you going to have success? Cause now there's no 6am weights. There's no coaches breathing down your neck. Um, a lot of talk about using his experience, a lot of how he's going to move forward and be successful. He's going to have to use his, his experiences at Nevada. Dad, speaking of the draft, a handful of guys, TCU were also drafted. Mm -hmm. uh, Braden Taylor, first round pick, the first ever position player. TCU yep. Selected in the first round. I mean, when you worked with him just this year, when, you know, did you know, hey, this is a guy who is really special and, and also a big leader and a big part of this success here with the Horn Frogs? Well, number one is when you come in, <clears throat> when you come in, you have a Braden Taylor, the, your main job is not screwing him up. That's, <laughs> that's the first thing um, that you realize. And it was super easy to come in with with a Braden Taylor, and we had we were talented Eli in center and Trey Richardson and AD and Wright. I mean, we were just super talented in a lot of areas. But Braden Braden is is really unique, you know, for being 21 years old um, and being so young. He has a really good idea on who he is and what he wants to accomplish. You know, and I, I think he taught me a lot this year in the 10 months we were together. He taught me more about coaching than I think I could ever teach him about baseball. And that was really a lot of that was forged through relationships. Um, him and I are both the same in some areas. Um, you know, I think relationships and trust are forged through adversity rather than just well, I'm here and I'm the new coach, so you got to listen to me or vice versa. Well, I'm Brandon Taylor. You got to listen to me. I think it was forged through trial and error and going through certain things with each other. And um, he's going to be a big leaguer and he's going to play for a really long time. 
and it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, he, he reminds me a lot of Evan Longoria's personality when I had Evan in 2006. There's just a professionalism that goes with what he does every day. Um, he has it. And when he walks on the field, you know where he's at. When he's in the clubhouse, you know where he's at. When he's in the facility, you really know where he's at. And I think the most, I don't know, the most extraordinary thing about him is, is his teammates love him and he loves his teammates and he loves his program. And we all know we've been around some people that have had the stature of him and it hasn't always been that way, but you would never know he was a first rounder. He was a former team USA guy. You never would know that with him. And I think that's what I'm most impressed with him and how he's carried himself during this whole time, even during his struggles. You know, he he started off the year not not well, and I knew it was a, it was weighing on him. But uh, the fact that he just never uh, detoured from what he wanted and his work ethic and what he knew he can accomplish, he kept leading, he kept working, and you know he got his name called. He got his name called in the first round a few days ago. So that that was extremely exciting for the TCU baseball program and Braden. That's really cool. I feel like, you know, everybody needs a Braden on their team <laughs> to have players like that. That's, that's one of a kind. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, you know, his last, his, he went out the way Braden Taylor went out and that, everybody saw the, the ball he hit in Omaha to, to, to end the, end the game against Florida, you know, the exit velocity, the, this, the, that, how far it went. And then, you know, he had one of our coach's daughters with him on the podium, and that's who Brayden Taylor is. Um, and that's what he is, and it's a tribute to mom and dad, and it's a tribute to Brayden, it's a tribute to TCU. It's all encompassing, and we're just very fortunate to work with a lot of kids that way. Speaking of kids, you I know your four kids are always <laughs> running around at Pacoli Park. Got to ask, is Jax, is he still the bat boy? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Nash, is in, Nash is in the mix now. Okay. Uh, so they, it's funny, we had a, uh, we opened the year with Arkansas, uh, Vanderbilt, sorry, we played at Globe Life, we opened, the, we beat Vanderbilt game one, and then we play Arkansas game two, and we beat them, but um, AD hit a home run, and Jackson was gritty into the plate the whole time, so he went from the on-deck circle to home plate with the gritty, oh. and I wish I would have worn it, but there's a shirt, a company in town uh, made a shirt. Hell's Half Acre made a shirt. Um, it says it has a silhouette of Jackson doing the gritty, and it says "Hit, Score, Gritty." And so That's it was. It, it was pretty cool. Um, but he's involved. They're they're all involved. They're, the dance is crazy. Uh, my girls are doing the dance. Uh, Nash and Jackson are involved. Bat Boy, and they did the regional. Uh, they bat no. They Bat Boy is sorry in the super. Um, they couldn't bat boy in the regional. It just kind of depends on who you get in terms of a director. Um, and then they didn't bat boy in Omaha, but we're in the dugout until first pitch and all that stuff. But uh, they're they're involved. And uh, the TCU community took to our whole family, which was hard. It was a hard move to move six people and uh, Fort Worth and TCU baseball program and family. And they took us all in. And we're a lot to take in. We're We're a lot of big personalities. No, that's awesome, though. That's great. Experiences they'll they'll never forget, truly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's 10, 15 years from now, so. 
Yeah, you talk about Omaha and all the time, and they got a chance to see Omaha firsthand. And so Rowan hasn't been back since she was three, and now she's thirteen. And so there, there's just it was it was a cool experience, and it was cool to see our head coach, who's been five or six times as an assistant, lead his own program <clears throat> back to Omaha. So it was, it was really neat. Really cool. T.J. Bruce, associate head coach now over at TCU, former Nevada Wolfpack head baseball coach. Thanks for taking the time with us here on NSN Daily. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll have much more right after this short. This segment is sponsored by Golf NV. Locally owned, locally loved. Golf NV. What's up, guys? Alex Margulies here, Michael Jory, director of golf here at D'Andrea. As you saw on last week's Reno Tahoe Golf Tour, D'Andrea is back. If you want to check out that episode, you can find it online. We're going to talk about your now Top Tracer driving range. This is by Top Golf, and this is the only one in northern Nevada. Uh, I already hit a couple shots. This is pretty sweet. Tell me exactly what we got here. So the Top Tracer is the, the latest technology, uh, range technology available, really, and it uh, allows you to play different types of games with your friends, um, virtual golf that you're actually hitting on a real range. And then it also allows you to really dial in your practice through all the metrics that it provides for every shot you hit. And you actually, when you practice here and you have the app, all your practice goes with you. So at home, you can look at your session and see how you did and where you need to improve. So it's really beneficial to help people get better. Top Trish is awesome. I mean, it, you could see the ball fly, but this really gives you the stats and stuff you need to kind of correct your game and make it what you want and not just see the ball fly, you know. So we have the technology, the gaming technology with the real range, you know, hitting out balls on a real range. So you're blending, you know, both worlds. So, you know, old school golfers that don't really like this, they just rather hit their balls. Now they're learning about this and, and actually enjoying it. They put this in because no one else has it. We're first to market, right? But it's been wildly successful and uh, I'm going to try to figure out how to double-decker this thing by next season. You know? Oh, that's the one. Get in the hole. Come on, baby. Be right. Check out more episodes of the Reno Tahoe Golf Tour online at NevadaSportsNet.com. And thanks to Golf NB. All right, Shannon. Yes, that was a legit hole in one, I swear. <laughs> I, I believe you. I believe Pebble you. Pebble Beach, 87 yards. Now you could say you've uh, made a hole in one at Pebble Beach. I did. Uh, uh, my fair. first hole in one. Kind All right. Of. Kind of, but kind you gotta go of. check it out. This that place looks is sweet. Awesome. And the new D the D'Andrea course is beautiful. Nine holes. It's affordable. Got a great elevation gain, and then that that uh, driving range is super fun. It looks really cool. It's giving me Top Golf vibes yeah, right it is. there, and I exactly. love because I do love going to the driving range. Yeah. But I hate when I can't tell where my pole has exactly. gone. Exactly, you gotta see how far I'm it like, is. Oh, let me and see I'm what I can understand. work on. And that's exactly yeah. what it is. Okay, I'm trying this with my driver. Ooh, I actually carried it more. Oh, my lofts 
yeah. was different this time. It's really fascinating to kind of track that. All you do, you buy a normal bucket of balls and you get to use the, the top tracer. I think it starts at 10 bucks for it's a small bucket and goes up from there. So definitely yeah. worth checking out. It is. Go work on your golf game. Head out to D'Andre. It looks like a nice course no doubt. out there. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, we'll wrap up our show. The Sparks Little League making some noise. We'll tell you what they're up to right after. All right, pretty exciting, Shannon. Uh, shout out to the Sparks. All stars aged 13 to 15. They're headed to regionals in California after taking home the Nevada State Championship. They beat uh, a team from South Reno uh, to do that. Uh, and also a team uh, under 12 from Sparks uh, going on to another level. Yeah, the under 12 softball team. So really cool to see a couple teams from our area heading on to represent. The boys are headed to Woodland, California, July 23rd for their regional tournament one step closer to the uh, Little League World Series. All right, and the Sparks uh, girls are headed to San Bernardino. So congratulations to both of them. Good luck on the next step. We'll see you guys our entire show from the shores of Lake Tahoe starting tomorrow. For Shannon, I'm Alex. We'll see you there.